Well, uh, this morning, I want to continue my series entitled The Home Game. And for the past several weeks, we've been focusing on the home, but several different sermons about different sections of people in the home. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about building a farm team, building a team so that we can help raise children the right way. Last week, we focused on the MVP in the house. Mama's in the house. You know what I'm talking about. But today, I want to focus on another group of individuals in the home. And I want you to turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4. And if you could just bring this down just a little bit. Yeah, you got it. Thank you. Jeremiah 1, verse 4. The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Everybody say, I knew you. Everybody say, he knows me. Inside and out. Before you were born, I set you apart. Everybody say, he set me apart. And I appointed you. Everybody say, God has appointed me. As a prophet to the nations, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am just too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Now this morning, I want to talk to you about a certain group of people that I have a passion for in my life, that I believe that God has actually called me to speak to this next generation. But, you know, there's two things I love. I love baseball and I love young people. And uh, I grew up playing baseball as a kid, and, man, I had just a great time. In fact, last night I I went out and visited our softball team who uh, have been champions for a long time. These guys can play. They are awesome. Give it up for our softball team. And they they let this old man play with them uh, yesterday, and, man, I got robbed. I'm telling you, I hit that ball into right field, and I thought I was going to get a home run, and the guy caught it on me, and that was it. But I had a great time. I love baseball. And you know, everybody thinks that baseball is just a matter of a guy just throwing the ball and somebody hitting the ball. But baseball is a game of strategy. It's an incredible game of strategy. And every part of the game is strategically thought through in such a way as to make sure that that the coaches understand who's playing, when are they playing, why are they playing there, and how are they playing. And if there's one thing that's very important is who's on deck. Because who's on deck determines so much of what's going to happen next. And so if an, if an opponent, if opposing team sees who's on deck, that opposing team, that coach can actually make a change. He, he could change a, a player. He could change a pitcher. If he sees that a certain person comes up the bat, he might actually change the pitcher. Why? Because the game might be on the line. And if, if the team that is losing 
sees that they've only got a couple of more outs and they're going to lose the game, they might actually pull a player and put another batter in. Why? Because they know this guy, he's got this, um, he's got this statistics behind him, and uh, he knows how to play in this stadium. He knows how to react to this pitcher in a certain way. So we've got a better chance with this guy on deck. So the person that's on deck in a lot of ways determines the outcome of the game. The person on deck determines how the, the, the players are going to react and are they going to move this way? Are they going to shift this way? It's an incredible thing. And so this morning, I want to talk to you about the next generation of young people who are on deck. And I want to talk to the adults for a few moments, and then I'm going to focus on the young people. And I want to thank all the young people who came into the sanctuary. I actually went downstairs today and said, please, just join me in the sanctuary wherever you are, because I've got a message just for you this morning, and I want you to hear it. So I want everyone who's from the ages of 13 to 35 to just sit up a little bit more. Pay attention, because I really believe that God is going to say something to you this morning. And everybody said, amen. I want you for the moment to just bow your heads and I want you to raise your hand towards heaven and I want you to pray with me right now. Would you please pray with me right now? Pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, make me open and responsive to whatever you want to say to me. I'm listening. I'm hearing. And Lord, help me today to be courageous. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, I want you to know that I've always had a passion for young people. I started out as a youth leader, and then I became a, a youth pastor. And I was a youth pastor for over nine years. And man, I loved every minute of being a youth pastor. Being a youth pastor gave me the great responsibility and the great opportunity and the great honor to pour into future leaders. It gave me the honor of pouring into young people. Man, and I thank God for those that are in the ministry today because of my youth ministry of God calling them and because they came into the ministry and we poured into their lives. And, and I thank God for every Friday night, for every Wednesday night, for every Sunday morning, for every time that I sat with a young person and I poured into their life because I knew that there was something special in that young person and I knew that God could do something special through their life. And I love young people. And then at the age of 30, God began to do a change in my life. And I, I just started to realize, you know what? I think my season of youth ministry is over. And I was sensing this in my heart. In fact, I was kind of starting to get a little tired. And so I'd tell the bus driver on the way to Great Adventure on our outing, would you do me a favor? Would you take the long way to Great Adventure so that I don't have to stay that long in the park? And I knew God was doing something. He was bringing a change in my life. And just at the same time, I didn't know this, but God was actually calling our senior pastor out of Bethlehem Assembly of God. And so I wasn't even looking for it. I wasn't expecting it. But all of a sudden, he resigns, and the church asked me to become the senior pastor. And, and, and I want you to know, the truth is, for several months, I actually fought coming upstairs into the adult Bible study. So I stayed downstairs on Wednesday night, preached on Sunday morning to the congregation. But man, I wanted to stay with the young adults but because by that time, I was actually the young adult pastor. And I had raised up a youth pastor under me, and he took the, the youth ministry. And I really didn't want to let go, but God said, you know, you got to let go at this point. you got to transition into a new position I've got for you. 
And so for the last 24 years, I've been the lead pastor of Bethlehem Assembly of God. 25 years is coming up in one, one year, and I'm just so excited that God has kept me strong enough to do what I do for 25 years. And I'm believing for another 25 years. Amen. I want to be like Caleb. I want to be 85 years old and say I'm still as strong as I was when I was a young man. Glory to God. But something has occurred in my life. I don't know if I can really explain it. But something has occurred in my life in the last five years where God has given me a sense of urgency, where God has given me a passion again for young people, where God has given me a passion to preach to young people, to, to share with them that there's a seed of greatness in their life, that they can do the things that God has called them to do, and that God has a plan for their life, and it's big, and that God can wrap his loving arms around them, and God can send his Holy Spirit to empower them, because I believe that God is going to raise up a generation, a Joshua generation, that God is going to raise up a young generation that's going to come to bat, and they're going to hit some home runs, and they're going to do some great things that we've never seen before. God is raising up a remnant of young people that are going to see revival, and do great things for God and they're going to share the gospel with power and authority. I believe that in my soul, in my spirit. I believe that. And I don't know how many more years I've got but the, the years that I have, man, I'm just going to pour in and pour in and pour in. And so I found myself traveling traveling to the Dominican Republic doing youth crusades and traveling to, to, to Cuba doing youth conferences and, and even at home when I'm invited to do a, a young person's rally or a young person's retreat. Now, I don't care if there's 20 kids. I don't care if there's 10 kids. I don't care if there's 100 kids. I don't care if there's 2,000 kids. I never say no. If the Lord gives me the strength to do it, I'll never say no to a young group of people. Why? Because I believe that I've got something that they need to hear. I believe that God's put a passion in my soul to let them know that the Holy Spirit is real and he wants to do a work in their life and he wants to use them in unprecedented ways. See, because every young person has potential. If there's one thing that the Bible makes clear is that God has always used young people throughout the whole Bible. And God speaks to Jeremiah and he says, Jeremiah, I have called you I have set you apart. I have appointed you. Before you were born, I knew you intimately. I knew you. And, and while you were in your mother's womb, I was fearfully and wonderfully creating you into who you would be today. And young person, if there's a message that you need to hear today, it's that you are special, that you are an individual, and God loves you, and God not only has a plan for your life, but you are fearfully and wonderfully made. God puts you together, and tomorrow morning you need to look in the mirror and say, God loves me just the way I am. I don't need to look like a model on TV. I don't need to look like my next door neighbor. I just need to be me. I need to embrace who I am and be comfortable in my skin. Come on, somebody. Because God has made you the way he's made you for a reason. And you are beautiful. And if you're a young man, you're handsome. Don't forget that. Don't get it mixed up either in this crazy world that we've got. But there's great potential. And God says to Jeremiah, don't say that you're just a young man. He said, because I have appointed you, and if I appoint you, I will anoint you. If I have appointed you, I will empower you. 
If I have appointed, if I have appointed you, I will give you everything that you need. Never say it again, Jeremiah. And some of you have been appointed to be pastors. God's calling you to be a pastor. Some of you have been appointed to be missionaries. And I've got some great friends with me today that are missionaries. And some of you, God is calling you to to leave your homeland and go to another country and be a missionary. Others of you, God is calling you to be a lawyer, a Christian lawyer or a Christian doctor or a Christian nurse. I told my daughter a couple of weeks ago, I'm so proud of you, Janine, because you're a Christian nurse and you're bringing healing to people. And I'm so proud of my daughter, Julia, and I'm so proud of my daughter, Jenna. I love her so much, and she makes me proud every single day because she's using her talents and her abilities. Let me tell you something. My daughter, Jenna, leads more people to this church through work than anyone else I've ever seen. She tells everybody at work, come to my church, come to Bethlehem Assembly of God. And people are coming today. Why? Because she understands marketplace ministry, that God wants her to be used right where she is in her place of business. And she's not ashamed of the gospel. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. So God has appointed some of you to be business women and men. But every one of us here today have been chosen and appointed by God. And the Bible is filled with young people who did amazing things for God. David is a young boy. Nobody else wants to step up. But David recognizes his father sends him to his brothers. And his brothers, they're on the sideline. But David steps into the on-deck circle. And he looks at a giant and he says, this giant is an uncircumcised Philistine. How dare he defy the armies of the living God? Let me at him. Let me at him. His head's coming off. Why? Because I believe in a big God. And he stepped to the plate and he hit it out of the park. Somebody help me out and say amen. Esther was a beautiful young lady who loved God, who interceded for her people. God used her to intercede for her people because the enemy wanted to destroy the people of Israel. And all of Israel was rescued by this beautiful young lady who believed that her life was more than just being beautiful, but that she would be an intercessor standing in the gap for her generation. And God wants you young people to stand in the gap for your schools, for your neighbors, for your friends, and for this next generation. Listen to me. You are the answer. Young person, you are the answer to this generation. Somebody say amen. Joseph was a young man of integrity and honesty and loyalty and excellence. And whatever he did, even in prison, even when his brothers mistreated him, even when he didn't know how God was going to get him out of a mess, Joseph always maintained honor and integrity. He, he maintained holiness and loyalty. And God raised Joseph up as a young man to be a great leader in all of the land. Hezekiah was a young man. He was a young adult. And Hezekiah lived a righteous life. As a king, he he removed idolatry from his land and he kept the law of Moses and he, he rebelled against the king of Assyria. And he was confident that God would answer him in prayer. And then there's Josiah. Josiah was eight years old when God called him. When Josiah was 16 years old, He led the nation of Israel through repentance and he recognized the call of God was on his life and he became a king. And as a young adult, he led his nation not only in revival, but he cleansed the whole land. One young person can change the course of history. Somebody help me out and say amen. And obviously there's Mary who's who's a teenager who says, I'll do whatever you want me to do, God. And God uses her 
as a carrier of the divine Messiah as she carries the Lord Jesus Christ and God uses her as a great tool. But if you're not convinced that God wants to use you today in this modern age, I want you to meet some people. I want you to meet Malala. Malala, actually, you've probably heard of her before, but she was born in Pakistan. Malala inherited her father's love for education. And like him, she became a campaigner against the Taliban's efforts to stop girls going to school. In 2009, she started writing for the BBC, and she was so concerned about that. But she began to get death threats from the Taliban. But she also began to get international recognition for her campaign. Malala was leaving school one day and she was shot in the head on the way home by a Taliban member in 2013. She survived the attack. And then she actually went on to continue to campaign. She received worldwide uh, understanding. And as a result of that, she led a campaign in Pakistan for young ladies so that they could go to school and be educated. Somebody say, thank God for Malala. Let me introduce you to Easton. Easton made his first robotic hand by the age of 14. He used Legos and fishing wire. Later, he was further inspired when he met a seven-year-old girl at a science fair. She had a, a prosthetic hand that you could, could open and only open and, and close, and it cost her $80,000. He made it his life's mission to be able to provide prosthetics for people, over, uh, 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 people of all kinds of ages with all kinds of prosthetic limbs for $1,000. And NASA today has asked this 17-year-old young man to work for them. God can use young people. Say amen. Or let me introduce you to Mary Grace Henry. She's 18 years old. And when Mary Grace Henry was 12 years old, she decided to change the life of one underprivileged girl by funding her education. She asked for a sewing machine for her birthday. And she taught herself how to make re reversible headbands uh, to sell at school. Soon she made enough to put one girl through education. But she didn't stop there. Since then, she's made thousands of hair accessories and has sent 66 young ladies in Kenya, Uganda, Paraguay, and Haiti to school to get an education. Somebody say amen. She's won the World of Children's Award as a result of what she did. Or oh, let me introduce you to Yash. Yash Gupta. Yash Gupta, he had his glasses broken while he was in Taekwondo. He was so frustrated he couldn't see. He thought to himself, even for the short time that I couldn't see, it was very frustrating. Then he came to realize that there were millions, 12 million plus us children that don't have corrective eyeglasses and as a result of that he set his mission to raise money so that they can buy eyeglasses for kids in other world countries and as a result of that he has raised over one million dollars for eyeglasses for kids in other countries don't tell me that God can't use young people let me tell you about Anna Roya Anna Royal was forced to do domestic work when her father died. When she was only five years old, at the age of 12, she was sold to traffickers and she became the domestic slave for other families. But Anna Royal's spirit was not broken and after returning back to her home in West Bengal, 13 years old, she campaigned against child labor and trafficking uh, of local organizations. Her efforts has helped hundreds of trafficked children to be reunited with 
their families. Not only that, but she is actually now legislating uh, for laws against children being married at very young ages. Don't tell me that God doesn't use young people. Somebody give these folks a big hand, even though they're not here, just to say thank you, young people, for what they do. See, God has a purpose and a plan. And let me tell you, as adults in this room, whoever you are today, you can never give up on young people. I know that some of us say they're the throwaway generation, but they're not the throwaway generation. They're not generation X. They're generation next. They're the next generation that's going to see revival. They're the next generation that's going to change the world. They're the next generation that's going to say, God, use me for the glory of your kingdom. I'm available, Lord God. Fill me with the power of your Holy Spirit. Fill me with the gospel so that I can be courageous and go out and kill my own giants. Somebody help me out and say amen. A couple of years ago, I had the honor of meeting a great couple. And what really, really spoke to my heart when I met them is that they have given their whole life to do one thing, and that is to empower young people to do the work of service. They're not satisfied with doing it themselves. Their whole life is about empowering children and young people and young adults to go out and do the work of the kingdom. And so many years ago, I, I led a, a team of people to the Dominican Republic to do a missions trip. And we built or helped to build a office for the children's ministry. And I thought to myself, wow, you know, when I first got there, I thought, you know, I'd rather build a church or I'd rather feed the hungry or the poor. And then it dawned on me while I was there that the most important thing we could do is help these missionaries to have a training place for young people to come so that they can train these young people, so that they can empower these young people to be the evangelists, to be the prophets with a prophetic voice, to be those that go out out into the highways and byways because they're the real champions and they're the ones that are on deck and it's our job to empower them to do the work of the kingdom. And so several years ago, I met Nelson and Renee DeFreitas and man, it's been a wonderful relationship and I want them to come in person now and tell you their amazing story about how God has put in their heart to raise up another generation. Would you give them a hand? They're our missionaries and we support them. They're a part of our team. Give them a big hand today. Well, good morning, Bethlehem Assembly of God. <laughs> How y'all doing? Well, great. I'm glad uh, to be here with you all. It's been uh, such a joy to be here just this weekend. And I want to ask my wife to stand up. This is Renee. She has some time with the kids this morning. And you see the rest of the gang up here, you can see that she needs a lot of prayer. She's surrounded by a lot of guys, okay? Uh, I would say that we have four sons, but she would say that she has five. I'm not quite sure what she means by that. And up here, you'll see that we love not the doctor, but the Dominican Republic. That's what the DR stands for. Amen. La República Dominicana. How many Dominicans are in the house today? Hallelujah. Que Señor le bendiga. And, um, and we also would say that we love New York. I mean, yesterday we were trying to find the iconic T-shirt, you know, I love New York, and uh, because we really, really do. And we also love your pastor. You all have an amazing pastor. There is no doubt that he loves God and loves people. And uh, Pastor, I just want to honor you and thank you for coming alongside us early on in our ministry, partnering with us 
for all these years. We have served in the Dominican Republic for 20 years. We've been missionaries for 25. And when we went to the Dominican Republic, um, our passion, our vision was to form disciples with a missionary vision to win children and youth to the Lord. And when this church helped us to invest in that, in that headquarters for our ministry from which we would train young people, because they're the ones that stepped up to reach the children. God sent us there to reach the children of that island, uh, of that part of the island. Forty percent of that population is under the age of 18. And it was significant that God would send us to that place because in the church there, when we first got there, the children were not even accounted for. When they would take, when they would take attendance or, and post how many people were in church, they didn't even count the kids. And then the young people, they weren't really given a place to serve. They, were just, they would just sit in the, in the pews, and they weren't actively involved. But when we realized how many children were in that part of the island, we knew that we needed help. And so when we asked people to help us, who were the ones who stepped up? They were the young people. They said, I want to help. And so we began to invest in them. We began to pour our lives into them. They got on to the on-deck circle, and they said, I'm willing to go out there and, and on the front lines win the children of this nation. And uh, so we would... We would uh, you know, disciple them, we would train them, we would have these three-day fasting retreats where God would pour out the Holy Spirit upon them. We would set aside three days every year to fast and to pray, and God would show up because God will use anyone. Amen? And so along the way, as we were training these young people, we planted into their hearts the notion that they, too, could be missionaries. How many of you know that the Great Commission is not just for developed nations? It's for everybody, including Dominicans. And so we began to give them opportunities where they could be involved, and God began to call them. And one of those young people that were part of our ministry, his name was Miguel Ovalle. Miguel, he grew up poor. He was raised by his grandma, and he was sponsored by a ministry that was called Latin America Child Care. It's kind of like Compassion International within the Assemblies of God where someone could sponsor a child monthly, and that child, Miguel, would receive a Christian education, would get a hot meal every day, and his education uh, was paid for along with his uniform. And God worked in Miguel's life. God called him uh, to the ministry as he was a part of the church that was connected to the school. And later he went to the Bible school where he connected with us and became a part of one of our King's Castle teams. And uh, that we were training up to do frontline evangelism to win the kids of our island. And, uh, and during that time, Miguel was working with us. And God later moved him on to be a pastor of a couple of churches. And then God called him to be a missionary. Now, he didn't send him to a very faraway place, but he did send him to a place that didn't really compute for a lot of Dominicans. He sent him over to the neighboring island country of Haiti. And now, if you know the, if you know the relationship between Dominican Republic and Haiti, they don't get along too well. They've had a really rough history. But God sent this Dominican family, something you would never have seen, and planted them amongst the Haitians to live among them and to win the children of that island. Hallelujah. Amen. God is calling everyone. And I challenge the young people in this room. God 
still is calling today. He is sending forth harvest workers into the mission field. And you know, I love, I love this theme. You know, I love baseball too, Pastor. You know, but I'm not a Yankees fan. Is that okay? <laughs> I know I need prayer. I'm not going to say what team I like, so. <laughs> but uh, anyway, you know, God, God understood the importance of preparing those who are on deck. And in his providence and his power, he's um, sent us to a university in Texas, Southwestern Assemblies of God University. This happened in 2013. It was strategic. We didn't know what was going on. Our mission called us out of the blue to ask us to, to consider this a, assignment. And did, little did we know that we would have such an influence, a platform that was given to us with over a 1,000 students there on campus. And God is using us to mobilize these students who have come to prepare themselves to intercede. He's given us a platform to see them engaged in community outreach. And at our, at our um, university, we're on a mission called Mission 10, T-E-N, to every nation. Within 10 years, our passion is to see one of our students, any, any of our students, on a, on a country, in every country of the, of the world. And we are in year eight, and we're almost there to see every nation touched by a SAGU student. Can you give glory to God? And the cool thing is, is that it's not just the ministry majors. God is showing the English majors, the business majors, the marketing majors, the counseling majors, how their disciplines, how their degrees can be connected to what God is doing all around the world. So young person, it doesn't matter what you feel God has gifted you with. It doesn't matter what your major that you're thinking about is going to be when you get to college or if you're there now. God can use that because he's at work around the world. He just simply invites us to join him in that work. So with that said, we are still connected to our work in the Dominican Republic. What you have done over these almost 20 years investing in us is continuing to mobilize a generation. You remember the Miguel Ovai that I mentioned to you just a moment ago, the one who went to Haiti? Well, guess what? Two months ago, he was named to lead the ministry. The Lord helped us to start. God now has raised him up to continue to reach the children of the Dominican Republic and to raise up a generation that will send beams of light around the world. So Bethlehem Assembly, you have been a part. And for that, we are so, so grateful. Muchísimas gracias. I may have moved this screen, brother. Amen. The second reason why I believe that we need to pray for our young people and the second reason why I love to speak to young people is because I also recognize that they are under an incredible, incredible battle. That the enemy wants to take them out. Why? Because the enemy knows something. Listen to me. The devil knows that in the next eight years of their life, most of them will make some major decisions in their life. From the age of 13 to 21, they're going to make some major decisions. Where they're going to go to college, what career they're going to embrace. Many young people, when they go to a secular college, they walk away from the church. And God knows that he wants to do something powerful in their life. 
And yet the enemy also comes against, as the Bible says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and wickedness in high places. Your opponent, teenager, wants to take you out. The devil despises you. He hates you. Why? Because he knows that you've got the seed of greatness on the inside. And man, let me tell you, the enemy wanted to take me out when I was a teenager. He did everything he could. Why? Because he's no fool. He saw that there was a call of God in my life. He saw that God wanted to do something great in my life and he wanted to take me out like he wants to take you out but here's what the bible says greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world there's no weapon that is formed against you that will prosper that you're more than a conqueror through the lord jesus christ that's living inside of you you see you're going to make some major decisions in your life and if he can get you off track just a little bit you're going to make some decisions that you're going to live with for the rest of your life you're going to decide the young man the young woman that you're going to marry in the next eight years you'll probably decide on everything that is very important in your life to do and that's why the enemy wants to get you sidetracked he wants to get you out of the word he wants you to get out of prayer he wants to take you away from those people in your life he wants to isolate you from those people in your life that can speak wisdom into your life as the proverb says that we need to listen to those that have already traveled down that road listen to the wisdom of our fathers and our mothers why he knows exactly what he wants to do with you and he knows exactly what he's doing strategically he wants to take you out when you're a youth but friends I want you to know today that God has a plan for our young people and young person you need to know today that the same God that called you will keep you the same God that keeps you will empower you the same God that empowers you will give you a plan and a purpose and a strategy and he'll keep you on the right path hallelujah I've been serving the Lord for since I was 19 18 years old and I'm four years old now and I thank God that God has kept me all these years. Bless God. God can keep you. If he keeps this knucklehead he can keep you on the straight and narrow path. Somebody say amen. Glory to God. And as the worship team comes this morning as time is running out I want you to know not only do I love to speak to young people because I believe there's a, a seed of greatness on the inside. Not only do I love to speak to young people because I want to warn them about what they're going to face when it comes to spiritual warfare, but they can, they can overcome. But I also love to speak to young people because I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to do something special in your life. When I was 11 years old, I came to an altar just like this. I was living in Florida at the time. It was a Sunday night service when we used to have Sunday night services. And I remember the Holy Spirit, the pastor, like me, an old man, was preaching. And he, and, and he told us that there was a Holy Spirit that can empower us to do great things. And he told us that Jesus sends the Holy Spirit to those that are hungry. And he told us that when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, we'll receive power from on high that the Holy Spirit wants to empower our prayer life, that he wants to give us a special language in the Spirit. And I'll never forget being so hungry for God. Listen to me, the Bible says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And your hunger level will, de will determine how much God fills your life. And I remember running to that altar on that Sunday night, and I got on my knees before the Lord, and I said, Lord, I don't understand it all, but I know there's a Holy Spirit and I know that I need power because I struggle. 
I know that I need power because, man, I've got some things in my, my, my heart and in my mind that, that are not right. And, Lord, I need the Holy Spirit because I can't do it on my own. And I remember that day the, the Holy Spirit just baptized me in his love. It's a free gift. And he baptized me in his love and in his power. And, yes, for a couple of years I wandered, but it was that same Holy Spirit that never let me go. It was that same Holy Spirit that came to live inside of me, that kept on speaking into my heart and into my life. It was that same Holy Spirit that kept telling me, God loves you no matter what you're doing. And man, I did some bad things, but it was the Holy Spirit that kept on wooing me back to God. And I thank God for that Holy Spirit that came to live inside of me. God, the Holy Spirit came on that day and flooded my soul and empowered me to do the work of his kingdom. And I'm here to tell you, young person today, that if you don't step up to the plate, I'm just going to be, I'm going to be as dramatic as I can and honest as I can with you. Christianity is only one generation away from revival. This church is only one generation from a mighty explosion of the power of God hitting this place to see incredible things happen, not only through Hope Day, but through the whole world. And God is calling some of you to be missionaries. God is calling you to be missionaries to your schools. God is calling you to be missionaries to your neighborhoods. God is calling you to be missionaries to your church. God is calling some of you to have a prophetic voice, to speak with a clear clarion on prophetic voice. This is the word of the Lord. I remember I preached my first sermon. I was 19 years old. I preached for one hour straight. Everybody came over me and said that was the best three sermons I ever heard in my life. Man, I didn't, I, I'm telling you, I just stepped up to the platform and I just began to preach and I go, that's not me. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. And still every Sunday morning I come up to the, the, to the pulpit and I'm, I'm amazed when, when I open my mouth. It's not me, it's the Holy Spirit. God wants to call some of you young people to do great things wherever you go. But first you're going to have to decide who's Lord of your life. You're going to have to make a decision. Jesus said, no one is worthy to be my disciple unless he pick up his cross, deny himself, and come follow me. And that's the place where you make Jesus Lord of your life. That's the place where God begins to empower your life. And so I'm here to tell you, young people today, it's not an accident that you're here today. I believe that God has something special for you. I believe that the enemy wants to attack you, but I believe that the Holy Spirit is here right now. And he wants to pour out his anointing on your life. He wants to pour out his power on your life. He wants to pour out his wisdom on your life. He wants to put you on the right track and keep you on that track by his power. The Bible says it's not by might, not by power, but by his spirit, saith the Lord. I want you to bow your heads in this place right now. And we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to come right now. But I want to pray first. The first thing I want to pray for right now is for anybody in this room, whoever you are, maybe you're watching via live stream, maybe you're watching Facebook Live today, maybe you're in the cafe, the overflow, and you say to me, Pastor Steve, I'm not certain that if I died today, I'd go to heaven, and I need Jesus to be my Savior, my Lord. Right now, at the sound of my voice, you say, Pastor, pray for me. I want Jesus to come into my life and forgive me of my sins. I want you to raise your hand right now and say, Pastor, I'm not sure if I die today, I'd go to heaven. Raise your hand as high as you can and keep your hand extended high. I want to see it. If you really mean it, you'll keep your hand extended high. 
Say, yes, pastor, pray for me. Pray for me. I'm not certain if I die today. I want Jesus to be the Savior of my life. If you're in the cafe, there's a pastor down there that will help you and minister to you. So many of you raised your hands today. I want everybody now just to help those that raised their hand. I want you to stand to your feet. Everybody in this place right now. Everybody in this place today, I want you to raise, stand up, and I want you to pray this prayer with me right now. If you raised your hand, I want you to pray this prayer. In a moment, we're going to invite all the young people to come. But, and, but if you're not a young person and you raised your hand, I want you to know today, right after the service, right after it's done, there's going to be some altar workers. And listen, the level of your hunger is going to determine whether or not you stay around and you wait for somebody to minister to you in prayer. But you raised your hand and said, you, you, I need Jesus to be the Lord of my life. I don't know if I die today. I want to pray with you right now. A simple, spirit-inspired prayer. And if you pray that for the very first time, Jesus will come into your life. Jesus will be the Lord of your life. So let's all pray together. And when we're finished praying, I'm going to invite the young people to come. But if you raised your hand, there's going to be some altar workers, we call them counselors. They're going to be standing up here as well. And after we pray for the young people, I want you to stay for a moment. We have a gift that we want to give you so that you can learn how to be a, a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. But let's all pray together. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you died on the cross for my sins. Lord, I don't understand it all, but I understand this. That I, need a savior. that I need a Savior. And I ask you to forgive me, ask you to forgive me. For, my sins. for my sins. I confess, I confess that, you are Lord that you are Lord and Savior. savior. And today, and today I, decide I decide to follow you, to follow you. in Jesus' name. Jesus. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a clap offering. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now let me ask you something, young person. Are you ready to step into the batter's box? Because let me tell you, just the same way we're one generation away from revival, I believe that this church is one generation from extinction. You know what breaks my heart? When I go to a big church, I mean a large sanctuary, a large building, and there's 20 people in the building. At one time, that church was an incredible church. At one time, that church was changing their community. At one time, that church was sending out missionaries. At one time, that church was on fire. It was full of young people. But somewhere along the line, either the pastor didn't pour into the young people, the next generation, either the pastor didn't realize that he was one generation away from extinction, or the young people didn't step up to the plate. They said, not me. I don't want to do it. Get somebody else. Friend, I want to tell you today, we're one generation away from extinction. We're one generation away from falling apart and falling away from God. But I know in this room today that God is telling me that there's young people that said, I want to be used by God. I want to submit my life to the Lord. It's time to step into the batter's box and say, God, I want to use, I want to be used by you. So here's what we're going to do right now. This is a symbolic thing, but it's important for you to see this. I want you that are young people today from the ages of 13 
to 35, I want you to step up. I want you to say, I'm on deck, but it's time for me to get in the game. It's time for me to believe that God wants to use me. It's time for me to be filled and refilled with the power of the Holy Spirit. So if you're here today and you're a young adult first and you're between the ages of 18 to 35, at the sound of my voice, I want you to step out of your seat. And I I want you to know the first one to step out of the seat, they're the leaders. They're the ones that say, I don't care what anybody else thinks. I don't care what my friends think. I don't care what the world thinks. Give me Jesus. That's all I want. And I want God to work in my life. So if that's you today, I want you to step out of your seat right now and move to this altar and say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. These are leaders. Yes, Lord. Use me, God. Use me, God. I'm willing, God. Wherever you lead me, I will go, God. Whatever you tell me to do, God, I'm not going to say I'm a young person. I'm going to say I'm spirit-filled. Come out of your seat right now and say, yes, Lord, use me. Well, maybe you're not a young adult, but you're a teenager. And you're 13 to 18 years old. And you say, Pastor Steve, I know that God wants to use me. I know that God wants to do something in my life. Pastor Steve, I don't want to think about what I can't do. I'm just going to think about who I am in Christ. I want you to get out of your seat right now. If you're a teenager right now and you say, I want the Holy Spirit to begin to do a work in my life. Come on. Come on. Get out of your seat right now. Hey, I'm going to go one step further today. I know the kids. I know the kids are over at the other place. But if there are any children in this room and you're below the age of 13 but God is putting on your heart to say yes I want to be used by God I want to be that generation I'm stepping up to the plate and I want God to use me I want you to get out of the balcony right now I want you to I want you in the cafe I know there's a lot of people in the overflow this morning I want you to come out of the cafe I want you to come upstairs because there's something special happening today in this place Now, I want to tell you something. I'm an emotional person. I can watch a commercial and cry. It doesn't get me a, it doesn't doesn't take a lot to make me cry. But there's something, there's something about hunger that God loves. There's something about a hungry person. There's something about a person who's so desperate for God who wants God more than anything else, that touches the heart of God like nothing else. And sometimes that takes somebody to say, God, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of of being lukewarm. I'm sick and tired of being complacent. God, touch my heart and heart and soften that heart and make me into the man of God, woman of God you want me to be. There's something that touches the very heart of God. I believe that when a young person comes broken before God and says, God, I can't do it without you. I believe that God Almighty steps off his throne. And I believe that God Almighty commissions his spirit to say, you go down there and you fill them with your Holy Spirit. You fill them with fire. You fill them with passion. You fill them with the anointing of God. You do a work in their life. How many of you at this altar today, young person, and I want somebody, please get a picture of this because this is what I live for hallelujah to see all these young people run to the altar and say man thank you Jesus I want you to use me